You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on in to a Monday edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. We've been clinched for several days now, folks. We did the clinch celebration awards on the last episode. That means we just played several games in a row of meaningless baseball, rendered all the more meaningless by Aaron Judge not homering against the Baltimore Orioles on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We head into the Ranger series with Judge still stuck on 61 homers for the season. He even got an at-bat in the middle of Saturday's game that came at the same time, 2.43 p.m. on the same day that Roger Maris hit 61 in the Bronx, and he struck out. So that's what we're dealing with. Uh, Baltimore Orioles fans can't take a little criticism. Yankee fans have ended up being the villains on both sides of the same story in the same year. I will touch on that a little bit, but it is what it is, the Yankees dropped a series that did not matter at all to the Baltimore Orioles. Saturday was cathartic and fun. They whomped them. They lost the other two. I would say we only learned one thing in this series that we almost unlearned very quickly at the end of Sunday's game. And then in the post-game scrum, relearned it one more time. So feeling good. We'll talk about the playoff roster, the injury updates. You need to know what fans still need to see in this final series in Texas before the playoffs begin. And bold decisions the Yanks have to make because there are a few ahead of them. And one of them, I think, was made for them on Sunday we can talk about that more in detail. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. It's five-star review. Long the mailbag question, we will be more than happy to answer it. Um, a lot of saltiness online this weekend. I just, I think uh, it was a lot of college football fans who were mad at Aaron Judge. And then it was a lot of Orioles fans mad at uh, Jack Curry. A lot of grievance culture this weekend for really no reason. Uh, Thomas Carinante uh joining us live as he always does mondays and thursdays two o'clock eastern time live on youtube and twitter uh literally a pointless weekend just a weekend where the baseball games that affected no standings occurred yankees won one of the three yankees learned information they should have already known uh some struggles that were you know evident already and then reared their heads again over the weekend ducked an injury disaster welcomed another one potentially with clay holmes currently on the shelf but 
Uh, everyone was really, really, really mad about a post-clinch series. And I should have known it was going to be bad when I saw Yankee fans complaining about the lineup Saturday. The lineup Saturday, Sunday, you guys are mad about the lineup. This team is locked into playoff position. What do you guys want? Yeah, I gotta. we got to fix the Twitter algo. I don't know what's going on here because you have Yankee fans who are mad about stuff. And, like, yeah, there's some stuff to be like, all right, why did we go three for 21 runners in scoring position over three games? That kind of sucks. Let's talk about that maybe. But wonky lineups, you know, you're welcoming DJ back. You're trying to give some – you're trying to give Stanton some rest. Um, People were so mad about that. Stanton getting the off day on. on Sunday in the rain – Right after, well, he he was just getting hot. Okay, yeah, yeah play, play Giancarlo Stanton in a rainstorm after you've already clinched. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and do that. We're going to go to Texas. It's a nice place to hit. They don't have good pitching. You got four games to do it. Doubleheader on one of the games. I'm sure that'll be another opportunity for rest for somebody. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what you want. Same spot is clinched. Can't lose any ground. Can't gain any ground. This is where you start experimenting. You give guys uh, the days off that you think they need. Um, and Stanton was not getting hot folks two for four with a home run. That's not getting hot. He's, he need, he needs seven games between seven to 10 games to show that he's some sort of hot. And like you said, cold rainy day against the Orioles in a meaningless game is not going to do any good for anybody. So, um, the Yankees are kind of in an odd position. They're in purgatory right now. You're waiting for the postseason to start. You're trying to get guys back on track, but also you're dealing with, the issue where you have to rest guys and you have to make sure that um, they're feeling confident. Like, yeah, maybe bench Stanton the day after he hits a homer, let him sit on that. And oh, yeah, fuck. I homered yesterday. Like now I get a day off. Cool. I'll see you on, I'll see you on Monday. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then opposing fans, obviously like we know this is always there. It's always there. It's the Yankees. People hate the Yankees, but again, another situation where people just, they don't have the balls to admit. They just hate the Yankees. The cut-ins for the college football games, like, it's a simulcast. It's 60 to 90 seconds, maybe 120 seconds of your time. Yeah, Oral Roberts' Old Dominion was still on the left side of the screen. (laughs) You you could still watch it. First quarter of Wake Forest, Florida State. Like, the only game I would have been pissed if I was a legitimate college football fan, and, like, the only one that I understand that deserves some sort of criticism was Ole Miss-Kentucky. It's SEC matchup, 14 versus 7, tight game throughout. So it was like, okay. Yeah. In first and second quarter, I are you dying to hear the analysis from the ESPN broadcasters who so many of you fucking complain about every single day? Spoiler alert, they they thought that defensive stop was huge. Yeah, I mean spoiler. That's the level of analysis you get. That's a big hit from yeah. number 50. He needed that, and the momentum is turned the other way. There you go. You can just dub that over the broadcast. I'll give it to or you. Or you can just yell at yourself. I'm sure you hear your voice echoing throughout your own walls when you're screaming at the TV over nothing. Um, but yeah, the craziest part about this is like, it wasn't ESPN saying, sorry, college football fans, your game's off. We're going to the Yankee game or sorry, college football fans, fourth quarter, two minutes to go game winning drive. Here's Aaron judge. You have to deal with it. It was meaningless times during games simulcasted with the Yankees audio on a gift, a potential gift to have you witness sports history. Again, polarization where there just doesn't need to be polarization. It's like, Imagine if you're watching. Uh, imagine if you're watching a baseball game, and they cut in because someone's about to break an all-time passing record or all-time touchdown record. Is that something you're uninterested in as a sports fan? If you don't get to hear Michael K or David Cohn's voice for ninety seconds, is that gonna 
Is that going to upend your entire weekend? I guess it does for some people, but you know, it's again, it's the same folks who are, you know, if I wanted to watch baseball, I'd be watching baseball. You know, I could flick the channel myself. I don't need the government doing it for me. (laughs) Um, It's just exhausting stuff. And then you have the Orioles shit where, you know, Friday night, I think, I think discussion to be had worthwhile criticism. You have uh, uh, Felix Bautista on the mound trying to uh, preserve the 2-1 lead in the bottom of the eighth. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa gets on leadoff, steals second base, Glaber Torres strikes out, Aaron Judge is up next. The O's are playing for nothing. They have their best reliever on the mound, and you're going to walk Aaron Judge intentionally. Walking him unintentionally, I don't think people get as mad because, like, maybe at least tried a few strikes. You dance around the plate. You gave him hittable pitches. He didn't come through. Okay, intentionally walk Aaron Judge in, in, in a situation that doesn't, like – your closer would be better off challenging the best hitter in the American league in preparation for a 2023 season that Baltimore fans, I think we would agree with you has fairly high hopes. You guys got a lot of money to spend in free agency. You got a vacancy at shortstop. You got five very good shortstops hitting the market. I'm sure you could figure out other areas of the roster to address the rotation. The bullpen's pretty good. Maybe just one arm there. You could spend, you do a lot, do a lot of things, but I don't understand a situation where you're playing against the Yankees um, and it's a meaningless game for all. And the only at-bats that matter are Aaron judges. um, And that's how you're going to approach the situation. Uh, I don't think that that's, I don't think, I just don't, I don't even know the word for it. It's just more puzzling than anything. And then to immediately come to the defense of your team as if it was something that deserved blind loyalty it's like you can't sit back as a fan and be like, oh, we have nothing to play for and we're trying to we're, we're trying to hold on to a lead that doesn't even matter. The games don't matter for the Yankees. The games don't matter for us. And you're depriving the crowd of, of a meaningful at-bat. That could be fun. That could be history. And again, Jack Curry talked in the postgame, which we've been talking about for weeks now. Do you remember the guy who surrendered Mark McGuire's record-setting home run? Do you remember the guy who gave up Sammy Sosa's record-setting home run? You don't even remember the guy who... Gave up Barry Bonds' record-setting home run. Maybe you, Adam, but the average person out there. You don't remember the guy who gave up Judge's 60th. It was a week and a half ago. You forgot that. Exactly. So that's the other thing where it's it's very obvious that some of these teams are afraid of – and look, I'm not saying nobody's attacked Judge. Nick Pavetta attacked Judge. The Red Sox – some of the Red Sox bullpen attacked Judge. Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish went and did it yesterday. Kyle Bradish went after Judge. Just the fact of the matter here is that Judge is more likely to strike out then pretty much do almost any, he has a career strikeout rate of almost 29% career average batting average is 284. He has a greater likelihood of striking out than he does probably getting, getting a hit career wise. And he has a way higher likelihood of striking out than hitting a home run. And you're afraid of making make being part of that history that, that, you know, more than likely you're going to succeed in uh, not, not allowing to happen. Um, so for O's fans to just freak out. And the other thing is like, they, they, they threw, uh, they threw judge strikes on Saturday and Sunday, obviously he struck out a bunch kudos to the Orioles pitching staff. Um, but judge has also seen 33% of strikes since hitting his 60th Homer. So all the fans are like, Oh, we finally attacked him. And he struck out, struck out. It's like, yeah, a, he strikes out a lot. That's part of his player profile. B, baseball is a game of failure. You are not getting hits more times than you are doing anything positive. Um, and three, 
he but he didn't hit a home run. It's it, you know you also didn't give him the the best pitches to hit in 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 the totality of it. If he only saw thirty three percent of strikes, so I don't get I don't get the outrage. But still stuck on sixty one. Um, I have to change my Twitter algorithm, and uh, I'm I'm ready for the postseason, man. I want to fast forward. Let's go. I'm extremely ready for the postseason. I'll talk about the Orioles fans for two seconds just because it's Monday and they're still tweeting about how they're not. Oh, apparently we weren't challenging Aaron Judge, but we struck him out a bunch of times. How's that work? Like no concept of things changing over time. You didn't challenge Aaron Judge Friday night. People talked about it. Then you did on Saturday and Sunday. What do you want from me? Do you want the people who commented Friday to delete their tweets after you started attacking Aaron Judge? You want an edit button on Twitter? I'll get Elon Musk on that. But one of the most ridiculous criticisms I've seen, and I've seen a million, was saying like, oh, I thought we weren't attacking him when you started doing it two days later. Times change. Thank you for adjusting your behavior. And look what happened. You struck him out. Now you get to feel good about that. Aaron Judge was bad on Sunday. Aaron Judge was bad on Saturday. Put that feather in your cap. The Orioles pitching held him down. It was the Friday night game with Jordan Lyle starting with curveballs off the plate. It was uh, the guy who started on uh, Saturday. Obviously, Spencer Watkins challenged him late in the game, and that's great. But uh, our fella who who started that one was giving him more slop curveballs low and away, and that much is obvious to anybody who watched. Austin Voth. Austin Voth was – he let Judge on, and then he basically served up meatballs to the rest of the lineup. He got knocked around in the first as soon as he – let judge on and uh, again it's a winning oh it's a winning strategy to pitch around judge you lost eight nothing so it wasn't a winning strategy that day thanks for playing uh so first it was orioles fans being angry about stuff that was written before the outcomes that they were so proud of uh, as if someone's going to go back and change the tweet after they've already made the tweet uh i don't know what you guys expected there but then everyone was angry at ryan ruko for calling felix batista weak for walking judge intentionally And I had someone come into my mentions and be like, I I literally tweeted after Saturday's game, you would be frustrated too if what was happening to Judge is happening to your player, which is true. And it says nothing about anything. It's a linear comment, right? You would be. And I had people hopping in being like, I don't think you'd be showing much sympathy to a Marlins player if he was doing this. I sure wouldn't be. I wouldn't be paying attention at all. I'd probably have no tweets about it. All you could do is not pay attention, but you're paying attention because you hate the Yankees. Uh, And it was like, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely not the point I was making. No one needs to have sympathy for Aaron Judge. I am just saying quite plainly that if your guy was getting low and away curveballs every AB, you'd be annoyed too. Nothing about sympathy. I'm not asking people to line up and pledge fealty to Aaron Judge. I'm just saying if this was your guy, it would bother you. And then the same person hopped into my mentions and were like, well, what if an unaffiliated broadcaster were tweeting that a pitcher was weak? How would you feel about that? And I was like, that would probably be pretty dumb. Yeah, and the guy was like, aha, well, here's Ryan Rucco saying that Felix Bautista is weak. What do you think about that? And it's like that Ryan Rucco works for the Yes Network and is a born Yankee fan. Yeah. Not unaffiliated, actually specifically affiliated with the team. It's just like Michael Kay saying uh, Joey Gallo is, is weak, right? Like pretty inflammatory opinion, but also his – Season is directly correlated to the Yankees' success. He watched Joey Gallo struggle for months, and he was unleashing frustration. Ryan Rucco works for the S yes Network, works for the Yankees, born Yankee fan. He's frustrated just like the rest of us. This is also not an Orioles-centric attack. The Toronto Blue Jays walked, uh, gave up four walks in a game in Toronto. They were all Aaron Judge. They did not walk a single other batter. 
this was Toronto frustration, Red Sox frustration, Baltimore frustration. Not all about you, and yet we still had to read. It's Monday afternoon, and I'm still reading tweets from Orioles fans who consider themselves esteemable, being like, I thought we weren't challenging Judge. Ah, ha, ha. How do you strike out if we weren't challenging him? You didn't watch the series because you weren't challenging him, and then you did. And Ten then walks struck him on out the weekend, five yeah. more judge. And then you struck him out a bunch of times. Yeah. So, like, again, Jack Curry's uh, tweet video that Ben McDonald was so pissed at uh, was yeah. just him saying, you know, you're going to feel better about yourself going after Judge than you will throwing curveballs in the dirt. And then Ben McDonald's like, this guy probably never even played a dang game. He didn't know where no jockstrap. Okay, I don't know why you care about his jockstrap, Ben, but uh, – what happened after that video went viral, right? The Orioles started pumping fastballs and sliders on Aaron Judge and striking him out a bunch of times. Kyle Bradish probably felt pretty good about that, right? That's all anybody was saying. Then this all got conflated to, like, it's coded language. You guys just want to throw him meatballs. Nobody wants to throw Aaron Judge meatballs. That's what you thought in your own brain. Yeah. Because you're annoyed at this. People just want him to be challenged. Nobody's asking for fastballs down the middle all you Craig Goldsteins out there. So the last thing I'll, I'll, I don't want to talk about Aaron judge anymore. I want to talk about the playoff roster. If he breaks 61, he breaks 61. The sooner he does it or goes away, the sooner Roger Maris jr. Stops tweeting. So I think we can all hope for that. But uh, the, uh, I, I want to flash everybody back to April when the Yankees were trying to win a game in Detroit. Miguel Cabrera was sitting on 2,999 hits and the Yankees had an opportunity with a base open to walk Miguel Cabrera and go lefty-lefty on Austin Meadows in a tight game late in the game. Last A-B of the game for Miguel Cabrera. They intentionally walk him. The fans in Detroit are booing like crazy. Austin Meadows wins the game for the Tigers anyway. Yankees lose. Managerial decision backfires. We have to do 24-hour news cycle of how could the Yankees possibly deprive those Tigers fans of history? How could Aaron Boone do that to them, let alone ignoring that Miguel Cabrera would go on to get 3,000 at home in his very next game? How could they possibly do that to the city of Detroit? Aaron Boone's a villain. Uh, you know, I get that he's trying to play the game and he's trying to go for the win, but, you know, Miguel Cabrera's numbers are less impactful than Austin Meadows. It wasn't even a wise baseball decision. Yeah, Aaron Boone's not a great manager, but he clearly <laughs> wanted to avoid the future Hall of Famer, and he did. And he became the villain for doing that to the poor people of Detroit. Smash cut to this weekend. Yankee fans just saying, God, Aaron Judge, why are you pitching around him? We just want a chance. Why are you doing this to us? And it's, oh, suck it up. Suck it up. It's winning baseball. What are you, what are you talking about? Why are we doing this to you? Because pitching around Aaron Judge, not attacking him is actually the way that you win. You pocket wins. So Aaron Boone, villain, public enemy number one for pitching around Miguel Cabrera in a situation where he could win a game in a meaningful game in April. The Orioles pitching around Aaron Judge in a game after they've already been eliminated from playoff contention and the Yankees have already clinched their seed, that's that's good. That's the one that's good. It's good to pitch around someone when the game means less. Okay, I learned something today. Or you just hate the Yankees. I, I wonder yeah. which one it is. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. Uh, life is so much easier when people just admit they hate the Yankees. Because um, I hate them too, guys. Don't worry. Like, look yeah. at like the Mets situation. Look at the Mets situation right now. You have fans and people just in general arguing whether the Mets choked or not. Um, Yankee fans will be the first one to tell you if the Yankees blew a ten and a half game lead dating back to June first, they would call it a choke. You can look at the Mets situation objectively and be like, well, you know, the Braves are playing on a hundred and. 14 game pace like that's hard to sustain but in the end if it was Yankees Red Sox three game series second to last series of the year the Yankees got and the Yankees got swept with their three best pitchers on the mound every Yankee fan on the fucking planet would call that a choke no one would be defending that in any way possible no one would be saying oh the Red Sox are so good though it's not fair it's not, it's not, it's just not a thing. Yankee fans for as delusional as they can be are also pretty uh, self-aware with a lot of the stuff that goes on and they hold the team accountable in almost every situation they can. As Derek Jeter said, man, we watch every game. Yankee fans watch every game. They are on the team's ass for every decision. Why do you think everybody knows exactly what Brian Cashman is doing at any point in time? and have a rebuttal for what he's doing, whether it's right or wrong. That's just what they do. And do um, we do we want to do the Mets schedule here real quick? Yeah, sure. Because, uh, you know, choke, not a choke. Hey, guys, I don't care. The Braves are obviously winning at a, a record-setting pace. I understand that. Uh, lost two out of three to the Nationals Friday through Sunday, September 2nd through 4th. Uh, lost one of the Marlins on Friday, September 9th. 
got swept by the Cubs at home September 12th through September 14th. Lost one on the road at Oakland September 24th. Lost one at home against the Marlins September 27th. Win three of those. You're up two in the division right now with three remaining. So call it a choke. Call it what you will. Like you said, though, strength of schedule doesn't matter in baseball. No, it doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter at all. You had games ahead of you to win against really bad teams and you lost them. And now you don't, you're not going to win the NL East. Which is exactly why the Yankees are going to lose, you know, first seed in the AL. Yeah. They didn't take care of business for about six weeks against largely inferior opponents. And now here we are. We got to live with what we're, what the situation is. Um, Thankfully, the Mets are uniquely, not uniquely, they are just simply built for a wild card series, especially if they have to play the Padres, who will then travel to New York. All three games would take place there. Not the worst thing in the world, but you'd much rather the buy, rest up, get back to full strength, and then, you know, go about your business after that. Um, But yeah, don't. Just, just again, just admit you hate the Yankees because if Yankee fans are watching history of any other team except for the Red Sox and, you know, we were cutting into your broadcast or someone was talking shit about pitching around a batter, no one would care. It would just – if it's Red Sox, we're going to care and we'll probably do irrational and say irrational things just to make sure we're right on that front. But if it's just baseball in general, sports history in general – I don't think there's a lack of appreciation among most fan bases. Didn't people want to throw cookie curveballs to Pujols, though? I did. I did, yeah. I, I did. Like, if, if you asked the average fan last week with Pujols sitting on 698, where they were like, the Cardinals are about to clinch the NL Central. Would you want pitchers to just give him fastballs down yeah. the middle? I think the majority of people would say yes. And I think if you asked them about that about Aaron Judge, 98% of people would say no. Or you had the sympathizers who were like, well, Pools actually has 700 because he has 17 home run uh, postseason home runs. Yeah. So people were trying to justify it that way, which is great, too. I totally agree. He had 17 homers in the postseason. Why are those not career numbers? Why doesn't that count? Um, but you can't do that for Aaron Judge because it's a regular season record. He needs to just simply keep playing the games and hit the baseball. Yeah. And, and obviously people are, you know watching Roger Maris Jr. doesn't help, right? People who don't like the Yankees are watching him go online and be like, MLB should have two records and one should be for my dad. And they're like, shut this guy up, please. Like, now I hope he never gets it. And I get get that too. Yeah. Again, everybody, you don't like the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. If David Ortiz were chasing 500 and I saw some Red Sox tweets that were like, I wish this were easier, I would be like, shut up. I get it. (laughs) Fandom is inherently contradictory like you support the things you like you go against the things that you don't so it's no surprise why everyone is upset with Yankee fans saying the Aaron Judge pursuit is not fair of course it's fair but it's frustrating to watch these these pitch arounds and all that stuff it's also frustrating to just not have 62 yet forget the pitch around forget the walks forget all of the the context it's just frustrating to not have it for him to have gone 11 games with one home run that's frustrating so you don't like our tweets. I get that. You want to dunk on Ryan Rucco? That's why Twitter's there. But don't <laughs> act like it's irrational to be frustrated by the process. That's all I ask. And, of course, you're not going to act like that. You're going to, you know, do Encyclopedia Brown attack tweets. In, you know, trying, to, <laughs> trying to set up an airtight case for why, you know, I'm be- making a contradiction here. It's because fandom. Uh, tonight's man and cast guest, Jalen Hurts, Steph Curry, John Hamm. Who's watching? Certainly me. I might watch uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the injury updates a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, we're not going to get anybody back for the Texas series, except for Miguel Castro, uh, who showed up today 
Uh, Chi-Chi Gonzalez can't do this whole podcast without mentioning him because thank you for your service. Uh, brilliant Yankees debut. Sorry that we could not get you the win yesterday. Uh, thanks in large part to a guy we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But Miguel Castro is here. Chi-Chi has been DFA'd. Wani Peralta not coming back for the Texas series. He will be pitching in Somerset to Matt Carpenter, who is not coming back for the Texas series and will also be in Somerset. Now, both of those guys are supposed to be on the playoff roster, neither of whom will get any regular season run beforehand. I, I truly wish I did not have to watch a single one of these Texas games. We do have to play them. Uh, odds are astronomically high. The Yankees are going to finish with 99 wins. Just It's like an Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge's year. Everything is coming up 99. I said this after they clinched. They had to go 5-2 and two to get to 100, I think, after they clinched. 5-3, uh, and three, and they're 2-2 two and two now. Yeah, it's 5-3. and three. Uh, And they're 2-2 two and two now. They're definitely going to go 2-2 two and two in this Texas series and finish with 99. It's beyond obvious. Also coming back for this series, or for the playoffs, hopefully, this series may be Ron Marinaccio, who left early yesterday was almost a second reliever in a couple of months injured by an Aroldis Chapman meltdown uh, who had to come in and bail him out and then left with an injury. Apparently it's shin soreness and he's been feeling this all year. So we'll see. He's going to get an MRI unless it's something serious. He'll be back for the postseason. And then you've got Clay Holmes, who's not sitting, uh, who, who's not going to be an option for the next several days. Uh, will he be on the ALDS roster in eight days? I certainly hope got a shoulder strain you're not going to hear from him until the end of the regular season so uh does any of this surprise you does any of this worry you and uh it, were you disappointed to not get a look at carpenter and peralta before the postseason are you good with just the somerset tune-up i'm fine with that i am trying i'm not worried you know i'm not worried how much i just don't know how much more concerned about the bullpen i can be you know with or without clay holmes Obviously, you want Clay Holmes, but he wasn't particularly good for the second half of the year. Wandy Peralta, I'd also like to have him, but I also haven't been confident with him on the mound. Um, I, I don't. I can tell you one thing: I don't want to see a roll this Chapman, um, and I need to see some sort of order of operations with the other guys that we have here. For example, um, Clark Schmidt. Um, Scott Efros, uh, um, and Litkey, because I want to know what, what are they going to do? I don't think that they're at least, I I think Litkey has a defined role where it's like, Hey, pitch two inning, two or three innings. If we need you to mostly garbage time, but if the bullpen's not well-rested, then you're going to come in in a high leverage situation. All those make sense. Everybody else. I don't know what they are or who they are or why they're deployed most of the time. Um, so I'd like that. Um, as for the other injuries, uh, Miguel Castro, I'd rather have him than Chapman. So I think that that's a conversation worth having. Um, I think he's at least, they're both erratic. Chapman is way more disastrously erratic. Um, and Chapman is very hittable. I don't think Miguel Castro is necessarily hittable. I just think he's more um, of a guy who pitches into trouble rather than just gets rocked over and over and over again. He's a guy who's making counts longer than they should be and putting traffic on bases with walks um, and setting the table incorrectly for the next guy. You know, um, it's funny. I needed to see Zach Britton. Like when, when they were bringing Zach Britton back, oh, and yeah. talking about him working his way on yep. the roster. I needed to see two weeks of Zach Britton. 
because I have no idea what he looks like. It's he's coming back from Tommy John, you know, the elbows covered with tape. I, I truly don't know what it's going to look like. And so if you're saying, oh, the goal is to get him on the postseason roster, I need to see him seven times. Miguel Castro, I don't really need to see it all. I already know I would rather see him yeah. as Chapman. Yeah, whatever he has. I hope he pitches twice in the Texas series. But over Aroldis Chapman, I mean, if Aroldis Chapman blows a game, the entire coaching staff should be fired this October. Immediately. Miguel Castro blows a playoff game. No one on earth is going to be like, should have been Chapman's spot. I trust (laughs) Chapman there. Like, literally no one. They're going to be frustrated because no one likes to blow playoff games. Also, everyone's going to be like, Miguel Castro was in a close playoff game. Are you kidding me? Like, he'd be the last man on the roster. But if a Aroldis Chapman even gets to sniff a chance to blow an important postseason game for the Yankees, the entire staff needs to clear out their lockers immediately. Castro is a meaningless name, and he's got better stuff than Chapman at this point, who you really thought he might have fooled people until he came in on Sunday. And then it was like, that had better be enough. You, like, in yeah. case you needed a reminder, there's one for you. Yeah, and that was the thing with, like, getting fooled or, oh, he's back on track. It's like this hasn't been the same since the 2019 ALCS. So it just – there's no there's no winning back that unless you were to blitz ahead and make up for the postseason shortcomings or, um, you know, have a lights-out regular season, which he hasn't had since 2019. Um, so this has been three years in the making. Three plus years in the making. There is no fooling. Yankee fans who watch consistently and see the team in these types of situations know that you'd rather any, but almost anybody else at this point than a roll to Chapman. Um, and because there's no more justification, it's like, oh well, that's your closer. No, it's actually no. not. Hasn't been for a while. Um, can't even do like sixth inning anymore. So there, th- there's nothing there. It's it's love that was never really there, and now it's fully lost if it ever even existed. Um, and uh, uh, forget, and you know, the bullpen's a different story. I think we're gonna, I think we know, like I said, we know who Litke is, we know who Lou Trevino is. I'm not sure who I know who anybody else is in this entire unit. I'm glad we saw Zach Britton because it's validated that he shouldn't be on this team, he shouldn't be pitching. Um, I feel sorry for him, but at the same time, I think he made like 14 million dollars this year doing nothing. So, um, cool, cool for you, not cool for me. Um, no. And then for the re- the other the the other members of the lineup, here is where I'm torn because not that I don't want Matt Carpenter back, but two things: what's Matt Carpenter going to play when he comes back? Um, that's one. And then two, who's he taking a roster spot from? Um, I haven't crunched the numbers, so I'm legitimately asking asking you, asking anybody watching right now. Yeah. Um, because if he hasn't played since what the beginning of August at this point, um. Yeah. I don't know if I trust him defensively, which I kind of didn't really when he first started playing just because we were jerking him around to positions he hadn't played in quite a while. Um, So does he DH and Stanton goes to the outfield? Does he DH and, or does he play third base and Donaldson goes to the bench? Does he play right field and we do some situation with Bader and Stanton and bench Oswaldo Cabrera? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what makes sense because Rizzo is not getting any Rizzo's not seeing the bench. Um, maybe do you bet, do you bench Stanton if he's still cold in the playoffs, but that doesn't seem like a smart decision. So I, I don't know. It's just stuff is very tough right now. And like, if he's the last guy on your bench, sure. But 
seems like a valuable guy to just have withering away on the bench, right? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think you've got to put him on the roster regardless. I, I just, I, I can't imagine going into the series with Marwin Gonzalez instead of Matt Carpenter. If that option's available to you, if he worked his way back, Marwin Gonzalez is a guy who doesn't sniff the field when this team is right. And they're probably, probably going to bring back Tim LaCastro, going to carry Miguel Castro, and going to carry Matt Carpenter. Andrew Benintendi, not an option. If Carpenter were out for the year, this would be so much easier. But you, I don't think you can rightly let him battle all the way back and not use him. That would be bad Yankee karma. He still has the fewest at-bats per home run this year of anyone over Judge. Like, he was a better power hitter when he was available than Aaron Judge. I think you want to use him. I think odds are high he will just be a pinch hit late inning option. Like, Stant gets pinch run for. Yeah. And LeCastro pinch runs for him, and then Matt Carpenter has to occupy the DH spot for the end of the game, something like that. I think he's going to be sent up with runners on second and third, one out in a tie game some point the ALDS like it's hilarious that he's somebody who hasn't been around forever and yet he's going to end up taking the biggest at bat of at least one game probably yeah. you hope uh, so you, you know, think I like mean, yeah. Marwin's gone Oswald Peraz is obviously gone yes and Aaron Hicks gone for me Aaron Hicks gone I, I would rather carry Matt Carpenter than Aaron Hicks I want to pave that road to get Aaron Hicks uh you know not carried uh next year so I, if if it if I'm bothering Aaron Hicks, I don't really mind doing that. You know, I don't need I, like if he wants to spout off to the press, he could do that. Um, also, maybe no DJ. Like, what do we see a dribbler single up the middle this weekend? And that was really it. Like, have we seen anything from him that merits being carried be on crazy. the playoff roster? That'd be kind of crazy. I don't know. I mean, I think he probably makes it, but. I don't know if it's set in stone. I, I think there are too many names being thrown around for Roldis Chapman to make it. Unless Clay Holmes is out. Yeah. But even in that case, I still think that makes the bench decision easier because you've already got Domingo for multi-inning relief. You got Clark yeah. Schmidt for multi-inning relief. Loisga has been covering multi-innings lately. Wani Peralta is coming back. He can cover multis. There's a lot of guys who can go over the one inning threshold. <laughs> I would rather have an extra bench bat than a roll to Chapman, even if Clay Holmes is hurt. I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, could, I, that makes sense. Um, but then I'm just worried about everything I'm worried about who's going to shut down a save situation. Not that I think roll to Chapman should be there, but Not gonna be him. Um, I just don't know who's going to do it. I don't know who's capable of doing it on a consistent basis, at least because you need somebody who, I don't think it's Yankees. It's not the Yankees' blood to do closer by committee type deal. Um, I don't think any. I don't think enough of these guys are battle tested to do closer by committee. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, there's been fluctuations in confidence with how many guys here. Let's go down the list. You can start with Loisaga, who was really bad to start this year, and you could still argue is not really himself. Yeah, you trust him in a save situation? I don't know. He's been he's pitched a lot of garbage innings. Um, he's also been called upon in high high leverage situations. So again, another ping pong and back and forth. I don't know what the team's feeling. Lucas Lickey, again, 
only pitches in high leverage situations when there is an absolute need and there's not many other options. Ron Marinaccio, the guy was optioned to AAA when he was the hottest pitcher on the team. I don't know what that, I don't know what messaging that sends mm-hmm. or what you think that's going to send to a guy like that. But now you want to thrust him into high, you know, you want to thrust him into the eighth or ninth inning of a postseason game. Clark Schmidt, same thing, bounce back and forth between garbage inning, multi inning duty, and hey, here's the eighth inning. Let's see what you can do, buddy. Um, I think the only guys who have kind of gotten the nod are F. Ross, Trevino, and Clay Holmes. And Chapman's been relegated to garbage duty. So, I mean, like I said, count him out. Um, so I, this was the biggest problem for me heading into the postseason. It's the worst Yankees bullpen we've seen probably seven years. Probably yeah. seven years. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And not only not only do they need Clay back, but they need Clay back healthy, strong, ready, prepared. Like they, yeah. they don't just need Clay Holmes occupying a spot where there's a body that goes there and his name is Clay Holmes. Yeah. Like without the version of Clay Holmes, it doesn't need to be the 0.39 ERA Clay Holmes. Can't allow a run in what more than one October outing, you would say. Yeah. Like we we need eight yeah. innings, eight innings, one or two runs. Yep. Nine, ten Ks, two walks, like you gotta, one you or two of those guy. runs needs to be like you're up five to two and you give up one in a win. Yeah, one out, <laughs> double. Yeah, moves to third on a ground out, singles him home, force out at second, ends the game five three. Um, when he gave up a lead up double to Abe Almonte and then he scored on two outs and then he got the third out like that. It has yeah. to be that kind of save. Um, th- yeah, they need Clay Holmes. Marinaccio. Uh, we talked about him being cold a couple of weeks ago because he kind of was. He was pitching in the blowouts against Tampa and giving up runs, and he he was at like seven hits and six in the third innings, four earned or something. Cold, 
frigid, terrible, but like the worst he'd been, he's down at 203 ERA. I think he kind of effortlessly covered an inning yesterday. He has been back to his old self and he's going for a shin MRI. So mm. I don't need, I, I don't need to see anything more from him this series. I certainly don't need like, Ooh, got to get him into the Texas series. Got to see if it works. Like, no, I I'm well aware of what Ron Marinaccio is, but he can't be more hurt than they're letting on. Cause without clay or with a diminished clay, they were already sure without Marinaccio. They're as short as they've been all year. Scott Efros, We love him. Not really a swing and miss guy. It's like Adam Adovino with a worse fastball. Like, puts puts a slider in the middle of the plate, and that's not going to come back. Like, you need Clay Holmes' turbo sinker. You need Marinaccio's changeup. You need Lawiza going to be hitting the corners at 99. You need these guys to be at their very best. Because Efros is a pitcher. He can even be a closer. He's not, not a swing and miss guy. He's not this unbelievable weapon you could deploy for an inning and two-thirds when you need it in the sixth inning of a tight game. That's why Wandy Peralta is going to be huge too. And we're not going to get Wandy Peralta. Now, I, I, another guy I can put on the roster sight unseen. He doesn't need to prove anything to me. But yeah. he's been the uh, – Wandy Peralta doesn't work. We've talked about this. When he comes in with a guy on second and no outs, and they say, get out of this, or we're getting walked off. We usually get walked off. But Wandy Peralta, give him the sixth inning of a 2-1 game, he could do the sixth and seventh. He's got it. Give him the ninth inning of a tie game, he'd go 1-2-3 against the heart of the order. It doesn't matter who he's facing – Lefty, righty, that changeup works on everybody. You put Wandy Peralta into a jam as the last line of defense, probably not going to wriggle his way out of it. But you give him a clean inning, it doesn't matter what inning it is, he might go too straight. Yeah. So, remains to be seen, but there are decisions that need to be made. Decisions that need to be made before the ALDS. Um, what bold ones would you make? If you had full roster reign here, I know, I know, I know three that I know. Yeah, I probably know three or four that I would make for sure. But what are you thinking? I'm pulling up the playoff schedule now just because I don't want to get this wrong. I believe the off day structure makes very little sense. Uh, Yeah, the Yankees play game one at home next Tuesday. Game two at home next Thursday. Automatic off day. For a rain out, I'm not sure. But if there's no weather in the forecast, there's a break between games one and two. Then the Yankees play game three on Saturday. Another off day between games two and three. But game four, well, that's on Sunday. And game five, that's on Monday. What? So game off day. Game off day. Game, game, game. So whoever starts game one gets Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and can come back for game four on full rest. Whoever starts game two on Thursday gets Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday is game five. So whoever starts game two gets short rest and can come back for game five. So either Garrett Cole starts game one and four, with full rest in there, and then Nestor are game two and game five on short rest, or Nestor starts game one and four with the regular rest, and the power pitcher, Cole, gets the short rest. Or they go one, two, three, four starters, Cole, Nestor, Sevi, Tyone, and then full rest for game five, whoever the number one starter was. It's all weird, but 
if you want to shove Cole and Nestor into this series twice each, I would rather Nestor get the full rest and start game one. I wanted him to start game one anyway, but I would much rather go Nestor one and four with the four full days and then Cole two and five with the short rest than try to get Nestor back out there who does not rely on velocity, who relies on guile, deception. I don't want them seeing him twice in that short span. Yeah. Um that's yeah that's i didn't even think that deeply into it i was just gonna go as far to say just nestor game one starter um i mean i don't i'm not meaning to rock the boat here for the cold defenders um i don't it's not about that this is about the team succeeding and the team putting their best foot forward to actually Mm -hmm. um try to take down the opposition um and either of this year you know i think say right now what is it guardians raise is the matchup um, right now, it's Guardians, Rays in the yeah. three six, and Jays, cool. Mariners in the four five. They we need the Jays and Mariners to swap. Uh, the Mariners don't get a home game in the wild card series unless they get ahead of the Jays. So, can we fix that, please? Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, look, uh, you look at any of those situations, but even more so with the Rays and the Guardians, pretty much league average offenses, but lockdown bullpens. So, what's the problem? with the Yankees more often than not, especially in the postseason, offense goes silent. Offense has a pretty good chance to go silent against bullpens that are dominant and rotations that are rock solid or very good. Um, So while yes, the Yankees have Cleveland's number, you could say, or yes, the Yankees have had the edge over the Rays this year and they're not as scary. Yeah. You could also say that too, but I think they need to put the pitching at the forefront for every series because that's going to matter the most and you need to prioritize who your best is and who's been the most successful and the answer is Nestor Cortez um who has not floundered maybe maybe once or twice this year um never really folded in high pressure situations handled the all-star all-star game like a champ um I just think that he's a little bit more unflappable um than Cole is um and I'd rather put Cole for Cole's benefit in a de-emphasized role, hey, Garrett, you know, let's get that 2-0 lead tonight. Or, hey, Garrett, like, we're down 0-1. Chips are all on the table. Like, win the game. Just you know, It's not like you absolutely have to win this game. It's like, dude, we're down 0-1. Like, the tables are turned. Like, you're kind of at that point not in, like, the worst way possible. But you're pitching with a little bit less pressure because you're like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do my thing. The expectations aren't overly elevated. I'm not expected to, you know – pitch seven scoreless and fan 12 in game one. I think it does better for him in the manner in which also he was brought up as a, as a successful postseason pitcher behind Justin Verlander. There was, it was the same. And that's where we saw him absolutely dominate in the regular season. And he also had good postseason uh, a track record in those two years in Houston too. So and how about, Hey Garrett, oops, all home games two yeah. five Yankee stadium. Here you go. Yeah layup i think that and that i didn't once again didn't even think about that either i think this is all lining up for the yankees to make the right decision they won't do it let's let's just get that straight they're not going to do it it's going to be 324 million dollar man garrett cole because they have to justify their expenditure there um and then it's going to be nestor in game two and then they're gonna have to figure something else out um when they you know i I don't like nestor i don't i don't like having to potentially pitch nestor down oh one because um I don't think he I just I just don't want that. I want him pitching with the momentum behind him because uh, yeah. that's where he's the absolute best. Uh, and let's sec- be honest. Let's be yeah. honest with Nestor. Like we know the other shoe is not going to drop. We know he's a good major league pitcher, but I definitely don't want to get, you know, he he doesn't throw 
hard. He throws 92. Like I like that for playoff pitchers. I love that for playoff pitching, but I definitely don't want to be down 0-1 relying on Nestor Cortez with below average stuff. Yes. Technically, yeah. we know he's good. This is not a question about is Nestor Cortez good or not. But you lose game one with Cole. It's like whoever pitches game two now, if it's Nestor, he's got to be perfect. Like Jay Happ could have handled game two in Toronto against Tampa, but he didn't because he was bad because he, he's got 88, 99, 99. I wish he's got 88, 90, 91 mile an hour cutters. And he was missing with them. If he's hitting with them, he could have shut him out. Jay Happ was a better Yankee than you remember, but he missed with them in huge playoff moments. If Nestor can't command 92, 94, that's not good. No, it's not. Um, Shit. It would not be fun to see that. And I don't, like I said, don't even want him in that situation. Just want it to be – I want it to just be the right moves. Um, I also just don't want Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo. Obviously, that's Mariner specific, but yeah. I just have no interest in that. No, I don't want that either. Um, okay, so I think we're pretty much aligned on the rotation. I think most fans would be aligned on that rotation plan too. Uh, for semi-bold, Aaron Hicks and uh, Aroldis Chapman gone. Um mm-hmm. I don't even think that's semi-bold at this point. I think it's kind of materialized into you literally have to do this or there will be a riot situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next bold is um, Oswaldo Cabrera starting every game. I don't know where you put him. I don't know how you put him somewhere. Um, I just think that has to be the move. Um, he is a great source of energy. Um, he is better than any utility player on this current Yankees roster right now, including Isaiah Connor falefa including DJ LeMahieu. Um, and speaking of LeMahieu, I think I would make him a bench player for this postseason. Mm-hmm. There is no way in which you're taking reps away from Glaber Torres at this point. Um, I would rather have Josh Donaldson's glove at third base. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, and if there were a situation where we had to insert somebody else into the lineup, I'd rather Matt Carpenter play third base so he can also, you know, play in some games. Um, I don't once again, a lot of, a lot of moving pieces here. I haven't sat down and actually looked at this. Um, but it's worth discussing, you know, in a preliminary fashion to see, but I don't know how you're giving DJ LeMahieu everyday reps. If he's still, once again, explicitly stated by the team and by Aaron Boone, not 100% healthy, not a good decision for the team. He cannot get the power off that back foot that severely restricts him as, as the player that he is and the profile he's developed over what, 10 major league seasons. That can't be an everyday guy. It's a nice guy to put in late in the game. Um, it's a nice guy to put in a pinch in situation. If you know, you got someone slumping or you have a very, you know, you want to, you want to pinch it for IKF in the fucking eighth because he's not hitting the ball and you got runners on the corners and you think DJ might be able to do something. Awesome. Um, so I think that's kind of the way that this has to go down. Those are those are my bold moves. Yeah, the LeMahieu thing was just so weird because they made it very clear. They didn't think they were going to IL him at a certain point. And when they didn't think they were going to IL him, they were like, this is not going to fix itself this season. Mm-hmm. He will have to wait until the offseason. And we were like, okay, great. So he'll play through it. And then he was terrible and powerless. And then they were like, we're going to send him to the IL. And it was like, wait, you already told me this isn't going to fix it, though. So, I mean, do whatever you want, but, like, you already tipped your hand. I know he's not going to get better. And then they were like, oh, yeah, maybe we were wrong. Who knows? And now he's back, and he looks similar. So he's he's somebody I trust to get the job done in a big situation. You need someone to put bat on ball second and third, no outs. 
he doesn't have to the right side, get the run in, yeah. break a tie, tie a game. Great. Absolutely could pinch hit him in that scenario. I know he's not going to be over swinging. I know he's not going to be trying to do too much. I know he's not going to be scared of the moment, but you've already explicitly told me he's not getting any better. And then suddenly it was like, well, uh, maybe you forgot that we said that and we're going to bring him back now. He's obviously not going to be himself for the rest of the year. So I, I don't really want to start him. I don't honestly have a problem with Josh Donaldson right now. I don't know if you, I mean, no, it's, not even a, it's not even a debate for me, really. Like, it's not like, oh, I guess we have to stick with Josh Donaldson because DJ is not right. Like, Josh Donaldson's been fine. And IKF has a 120 WRC plus since September. He's also yeah. been okay. Yeah. I'm not, look, I'm not, that's why I didn't make, you know, that's why I didn't say start Praza over IKF. That's why I didn't say, you know, leap, put Josh Donaldson on the bench. I think that this group outside of this weekend has largely been producing. Um, and I don't see any reason to change the order of operations, especially, especially if the guys that, are, you know, a guy like DJ LeMay who's coming back may not be capable. Um, this team's going to have to rely on the equation, the offensive equation that best works for them and is consistent at producing the runs that they need. And it sounds dumb, right? Because we're sitting here and we're like, well, you know, you got to score runs to win baseball games and you got to pitch well to prevent other runs. So, you know, that's how you win eventually. Yeah, no shit. But the Yankees' problem is this uh, stubbornness to, uh, you know, they're, they're adhering to this set of, of baseball mandates because they need, you know, for example, DJ LeMahieu in the leadoff spot. They need, you know, they need Giancarlo Stanton batting cleanup. Um, they, it, it's just all this, it's all these things where it's like, just be a little bit non-traditional. You don't is what is working. What is working for you when the lineup is most hot? What is love? What, <laughs> what, what has been the equation that's made managing easier for Aaron Boone? Um, what requires the least amount of moving parts um, and what injects the most life and energy into this lineup. Um, and I think over the last four weeks, we've seen exactly what that is. You need Oswaldo Cabrera in this lineup. Final broke bull prediction. I forgot to mention Aaron judge remains the leadoff hitter. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's crazy. I really don't. I don't care about the argument of, Oh, well, where is he going to be when they need to drive and runs? He's setting the table. And look, I know for a fact we all know for a fact that him batting leadoff will be very different in the postseason. Why? Because he won't be chasing 61, 60, 61, and 62 anymore. Pitchers won't be that afraid to pitch to him. But guess what? Aaron Judge still works walks. Aaron Judge is still aggressive on pitches that he likes to hit. And Aaron Judge is batting 313 or 312 or whatever the hell it is. One of the top three hitters in the American League. He's got the profile to hit leadoff. He also seemingly has the profile to back cleanup. But guess what? When you have the highest average the highest OBP and overall the highest OPS on the team you ha- and the most runs scored in the league. That's what, uh, that's the profile of a leadoff hitter. Um, and if he is changing an opposing pitcher's approach from the jump to start off the game, because then you're looking at, you know, who you bat second in the situation, Anthony Rizzo, you got Anthony Rizzo next. Okay, great. And if it's a left-hander, it's even more difficult because lefties have very, uh, a lot of trouble pitching to Rizzo. Then you have what? Giancarlo Stanton third or Josh Donaldson third. Not easy guys to pitch to, even if they're slumping. They're still big bats. They can still run into one. They still hit the ball hard. Um, and then maybe you drop DJ down to the five or six spot. I don't know. But you lengthen the lineup with these with with everybody after Judge setting the table at leadoff. Pitchers get spooked when the runner's on in the postseason. You already know how this goes. You know, they're checking on the runner, they're distracted from actually focus on the batter. Judge can also steal bases. He's got 15-plus on the year. 
it's it's not I don't I really don't I, I'm calling it bold the only reason I'm calling it bold is because I know the Yankees are probably thinking in their head we got a bad judge second or third right like that needs that he's a he's a two three or four hitter we have to do that no keep batting him clean up or keep batting him lead off that's where he needs to be he's helping everybody else around him um instead of being the one that needs to be helped by other people because we've seen what this Yankees lineup is this Yankees lineup is Aaron judge and a lot of good um supporting cast members it shouldn't be all these supporting cast members trying to put Aaron Judge in the best position. It should be vice versa. I am so tired of the regular season, these meaningless games, because Aaron Judge is not playing baseball right now. He is chasing a home run record, and I'm glad he is close and in the vicinity. But when he walks, he gets booed. When he singles, he gets booed. He swings out of his shoes at 3-2 sliders, looking a homer, because the results, no matter how much of a winner you are, you cannot convince yourself these results matter. So he's striking out on pitches he might normally be looping the right field. He is taking 2-0 strikes because he's expecting pitchers to avoid him that he might usually be slicing down the right field line. He has not played baseball for several days now, if not a week. When the playoffs roll around, he will be playing winning baseball. People will be excited by him getting on at a 500 clip again. Yeah. People will not be angry that he is walking in high-pressure situations. So that's why Aaron Judge's leadoff man in the playoffs makes sense because no one is going to be booing when he doesn't homer in October as long as the people who follow him get the job done behind him. I think it's a little bit bold. I think a lot of Yankee fans who are smart and plugged in have taken the Judge leadoff thing for granted and are just like, hey, this is working. September's been much better than August. Can we just not mess with the stuff? Which... I guess is why some people are mad when they see Stanton sitting, but also those people have to get real because these games truly, truly, earnestly, truly do not matter. And Stanton's going to be behind the scenes getting 150 at-bats anyway, like in the cage, not playing. He's actually going to be working harder on his craft. I'm so tired of this. I hope Aaron Judge homers this week. I do not want to watch any of these Texas games, but I absolutely will until he passes that history mark or doesn't. And then we can get ready for the postseason. Wild card weekend's also going to be sick. Michael K and A-Rod calling a games in St. Louis. That's cool. Uh, blessed to not be a part of it. Again, 2019, 2022, the only reason the years the Yankees have gotten a break. A damn break. And that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us those mailbag questions. We'll be more than happy to answer it. And obviously, we will go deeper on the playoff roster when we have it. You'll see us again Thursday afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern. Not going to have it then. But by the Monday episode, hopefully we'll have a clearer idea. The injured players in Somerset will check out. All right, we'll know who Matt Carpenter's kicking off. Maybe somebody else gets hurt. Knock on wood. We hope they don't because I have no interest in readjusting things. The Yankees are basically at the limit of where they can be injury-wise like one more and i get angry at a week of meaningless games right now holmes probably available marinaccio a shin thing and a lie this is fine this is fine dog in the firehouse we're okay but one more and i'm like what was the point of this so just keep us safe uh win some baseball games until next time i'm adam weiner you can find me on twitter at adam weiner thomas carinante where can the people find you at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can find our bylines at YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there, uh, pre-playoff content, um, everything Aaron Judge. We're having a good time. 
Uh, like Adam said, next time we'll talk to you Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy the final series of the regular season. This is it. In the books, baby. Let's go Yanks. And also, the Boston Red Sox went 3-16 and against the Jays this year. 4-12 and against the Rays. 6-13 and against the New York Yankees. That is 13-41 and against those three teams in the AL East. Three more to go against the Rays. Good job, Red Sox. See you on Thursday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.